This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit JiffyLube.com. This episode is brought to you by Cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, view its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com. Okay, everybody expects us to have an anime podcast. Michael Peters, Justin Charity, at long last, are they podcasting once again about anime? No. I'm Justin Charity. And I'm Micah Peters. Honestly, this podcast might turn out to be like the Eddie Murphy, Martin Lawrence movie Life, except neither of us is in prison. And in fact, we're not even taping in the same location. But we will be talking a lot about the millennial life. You know, music, video games, strange stuff from the dark corners of the internet that piques our interest. People think this is going to be, oh, a little topic A, oh, what's topic B, oh, a little, you know, chit-chat. No. Every time you tune into this podcast, we are going to lock you into a room for 45 minutes, and we are going to do criticism. We are going to get to the bottom of every Scooby-Doo mystery that the discourse produces for us each week. Mark my words. Man, that was that was a lot. But anyway, we are excited about it. We are excited. We're excited. We're super excited. I'm Justin Charity. And I'm Micah Peters. And this is Sound Only. We're back on August 11th. Catch us on Spotify or wherever you get your podcast. Let's go. Hello and welcome back to the Stadio Podcast and Ringer FC. I'm Musa Kwonga. I'm Ryan Hunt. Ryan, how are you doing? Hydrated. How are you? Very good. I'm feeling champion, unlike some of the eliminated teams. Oh, wow. Really? Puns? Yep, yep. Got to do it. Got to do it. I'm not going to lie, that's um, disappointed me a little bit. I'm proud of Well, you should know better. <laughs> you should know better. Dozens of episodes in, you should know better. I never learn, man. I'm like a fly who's constantly trying to fly into a window that isn't open. So You're not going to get out that way, dude. Go through the open one. It's right next to it. In Uganda, my mum used to, um, they, they used to have these like huge windows and they used to wave at the pigeons and the pigeons always fell for it. Oh. And they would just fly. To, yeah. They were just always, they would just hype. Oh, the humans want to see us. No, they don't want to see us. <laughs> we're back and we're talking Champions League exclusively. Before we go, admin, it's a heat wave over here. It might be a heat wave where you are. 
If you want some music to soundtrack your, I don't know, garden hangs, barbecues, walks to a lake. I don't know. What else do people do on hot days? Sweating. Hydrate, hydrate general all-around sweating. And hydrate, hopefully. Hydrating. And salts. Yes. Get plenty of salts in. Plenty of salts, plenty of water. Search Stadio Outros on Spotify. We have a playlist of all of our outro music. Newest one's at the top. Also, if you want to buy our theme music, it's on sale, stadio.bandcamp.com. We're donating all the money. All of the info to the organizations that we're donating to is on there. Uh, It's a minimum three euros, but you can pay what you like. And thanks to everyone who's bought that so far. And yes, stadio.football, our own website, not the Ringer website, but obviously check theringer.com forward slash soccer. I had a piece go up last week, which feels a little bit like it got a second life after Maurizio Sarri lost his job at Juve. I mentioned Sarri in the piece. Um, But stadio.football, we're putting up a load of pieces this week. We had a great piece from Jonathan Harding last week. Um, I think we've got three or four to go up over the next week or so. So yeah, you want to check that and check some of our previous work on there as well. Admin done. All good. Let's get into it. The admin is as done as Juventus and Real Madrid. I mean, so let's start maybe with, well, start with Man City, Real Madrid. Yeah, let's start with Man City, Real Madrid, because I thought this was quite impressive from Manchester City, actually. Yes. No drama, really, for their, on their part, anyway. No, and actually there's a couple of dragons slain here. Guardiola, the first thing is he has kind of struggled in home legs of Champions League games in the knockout phase. and Or he's had more trouble than you'd expect a manager his magnitude to have. And also there was the challenge of facing Zidane, who was on course to win his fourth straight Champions League, which was a long, you know, it was a long shot anyway. But Real did have the best defensive record in La Liga coming into this, even without Ramos um, in the tie, missing through suspension. So there were challenges here for Guardiola, but he really just overcame them without any kind of fuss. And poor Rafael Varane, who I... We need to address this right now. So people who don't know, Musa decided to get a bit trigger happy on Twitter before... Before or during the game. And quite rightly, quite rightly praised Raphael Varane uh-huh. for being consistently probably the best defender of modern times for three outstanding Champions League finals, an outstanding World Cup campaign. And I was basically like, has there ever been, and I said at time right, has there ever been, and this is, this is actually quite classic, has there ever been a defender in modern times more quietly brilliant than Raphael Varane? I'll quote the actual tweet. It says, in the modern era, is there a football with a greater level of low-key greatness than Rafael Varane? Has there ever been anyone more quietly brilliant year in and year out? If your answer is yes, put your suggestions below. And it was pretty split. It was about 50-50. No, it wasn't. At the time of voting, at the time of kickoff, it was 65-35. Oh, Oh, wow. People are that fickle, huh? At kickoff, it was 65-35. And the comments below were like, yeah, no, good, great shout. There was like, Dennis Irwin, the other, the people like, oh, how about that? Shout for Dennis Irwin. It's like, yep, great shout. Shout for, someone else said, uh, one other person said Liz Rousey, but basically it was like Dennis Irwin and, and a few other people. Uh, and Raphael Varane went on to have one of the worst defensive performances by a central defender in the history of Champions League knockouts. In the, probably in the history of European Cup knockouts. Probably in he the history, game, probably he? in the history of major competitions to the point where he came out at the end and he said, you know, Rail losing 2-1. He came out at the end and said, yeah, like we were to blame. And then he stopped himself and said, I was to blame. Oh man. He took total responsibility. 
And I felt so guilty for the specific nature of my praise. I actually felt as if, ridiculously enough, I had jinxed him because I've never seen Varane make a major mistake. I've seen him make mistakes, but not a major mistake. And I've never made two unforced errors. They were unforced errors. I didn't think it was very Varane-like at all. I think it looked like that first one wobbled him to the point where the rest of his game kind of fell apart because it wasn't just the errors. I thought his all-round game was really, really disappointing. Disintegrated. And I think without having someone like Ramos next to him, I mean, we joke about Ramos because he is the one of the ultimate supervillains, but he's also a glue guy. Do you know, you know it's funny. If you watch the, you know, when, when uh, Liverpool played Real Madrid in the Champions League final, the outpass was Ramos floating the chip to Marcelo. And Marcelo is the safest out pass against the probably one peak era. Marcelo was the safest outlet pass against a high press in modern Champions League history. Like you mm. just, I mean, yeah, probably, especially since I'd, I'd say, I would say Danny Alves before that, but then once Danny Alves departed, I think. Yeah. It's a safe, uh, you, yeah. Ramos would float the right to left chip into Marcelo's feet and it just came, that was the outlet. And the second Mo Salah went off, you just saw Madrid just descend in that final. And no one gave the ball to Carvajal in the first 15 minutes of that game. It didn't go to Modric or Cruz, who was quietly not very good the other day. Like, it didn't, or Casemiro was very poor as well. It didn't go to any of those players. So they basically like bypassed midfield. That was not available against a very, very good Man City press. And it's funny because Gabriel Jesus has not had the best season in terms of scoring. He's not been the best in terms of his finishing, but his pressing has always been outstanding. And that was the last front three you'd want to face when missing Sergio Ramos. And Ramos actually is unfortunately a little bit of a villain of the last two campaigns because he's been suspended now for two of the knockout phases. Mm. He, was, he was out against um, Ajax. He got himself that yellow late on, I think, last season. And he thought they'd be fine in the second leg. Mm. And he was out again. And he didn't get any real criticism of that, but he should have because actually... You can't afford to be missing a dude like that. When well, you know why he didn't get any criticism? It's because he rocked up looking like a Shelby from Peaky Blinders. That was kind of funny. Yeah, that was kind of funny. Sergio fucking Shelby. <laughs> so I'm still being sent yeah. variations of the Sergio Ramos outfit because the thing, he, he's such a compelling character. There's like, he's always a role player, even if he's not on the pitch. I had to double take at one point where they cut back and he was on there. I thought that I'd accidentally switched a channel and was watching Chinatown. Yeah, and switched to Century as well. Like, yeah, yeah. Gangs like, of New what York. The hell? Yeah. Hang on. Yeah. <sighs> yeah, the I mean, city, though. Praise the city, I suppose. Oh, absolutely. I think this is a. Guardiola's faced a lot of criticism from people about the Champions League stuff recently, and they just did it without any drama. None. I thought maybe you could see that they were a little bit fresher than Real Madrid. Maybe the Premier League finishing later mm. helped. And maybe also that semi final FA Cup defeat to Arsenal, I think maybe gave them a bit of a check because if you think the league was so far out of sight for ages they had time to to deal with it mentally I think they probably expected to beat Arsenal and were probably expecting to win the FA Cup right they won the League Cup then win the FA Cup all in all you can't really say that's a dreadful season at all even for Manchester City but I think that that semi-final defeat to Arsenal stung you know I think being out coached by a guy who was your assistant or potentially outcoached, but I think outdone, let's say. Yeah. That's got a sting, no matter how much you love them. I mean, he was outcoached. I mean, that goal, that the, the, the goal, the opening yeah. goal is one of the yeah. outstanding Arsenal goals, one of the festival season. Yeah. So I think that's probably given them a little bit of hunger again to say, this is like season-saving territory now. Um, I'm trying to think if there's anything more from this game. 
you want to talk about? Phil Foden was great. Phil Foden was always a guy whose time was going to come. There was never any question he would get involved. Yeah, and I think he'll have more, way more, way more to play in the Champions League as well. Yeah. What have we done? We praise Gabriel Jesus. Kevin De Bruyne just needs to shout because he's Kevin De Bruyne and he's just very, very good. And just, they just ran that midfield. I mean, you look at, you compare the two midfields. Real Madrid's midfield has been quietly reactive for a while now. Mm. Quietly reactive for a while and was just utterly outmatched. I haven't seen mm. that happen to Real Madrid midfield in a little it's while. <laughs> yes, it's like, oh my God, that, no, that was, oh my God. Frankie that, de Jong. Do you know what that was? The Ajax game though for, for Real Madrid was like, you want to see those movies where say, for example, there's a bigger bad guy that gets like overrun by loads of little smaller guys. Absolutely. And they're yeah. just like, Wee. <laughs> you know, it was like a, into the spider an aging, an aging villain just getting completely done by a load of young Avengers. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It was, it was. Let's move on to probably the game that had the biggest all-round consequences yes. of the last 16. And that was Juventus-Leon. Leon obviously going through after an early penalty was enough to kind of hold Juve at bay. Two goals for Cristiano Ronaldo, one penalty, and his second goal was rather lovely. It's so weird how him scoring spectacular goals, not just good goals, but spectacular in the Champions League, it's just routine. It's like watching someone, at, it's like watching an expert marksman at the rifle range just hit mm. bullseye. And we, we've kind of become... Left foot as well. Yeah, we've become a bit desensitised to it, I think. Like just the level of his production at that level is just, it's freakish. What did you think about Leon's penalty? It was horrible. When, it's funny, when you see it from the back, you see why it's given because the angle... There's a really small clip on him behind as everyone thinks it's made for the tackle, right? Yeah, and if you see the angle of his fall... Yeah. You totally understand why the keepers, why the referee's like straight to the spot, straight to the spot. You get it. I totally understood it because it's one of those ones where a ref is probably thinking, if I have to review every single penalty decision that undermines my authority, and this looks like a clear cut, and from the back, it looks clear cut. But they didn't show that angle, did they, for ages? No. And so everyone thought at first it was given for the Bernadeschi slide tackle, which was obviously never a foul because he wins the ball clearly, kicks it against our... It just never looked like a foul in a million years. I saw the angle later when I watched the game back. And yeah, I actually thought it was a penalty. It was, obviously it's a pivotal moment because mm. it was very early on. Leon were just the goal up from the first leg. Well, they looked really good actually in the first leg. Mm. Um, and Memphis Depay with a Penenka. Memphis Depay who looks like he's actually just wearing rowing kit. I don't know if he's got like clothes of like different tightness to all his other mates, but like he's <laughs> spray painted on his football kit. Hey, he's the Dutch Jack Grealish, or maybe Jack Grealish is the English Memphis Depay. Who knows? That's a great shout, by the way. There's an 11 there somewhere. There is. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Like yeah. Great, people that couldn't do any other job than football. As when you look at Jack Grealish, you're like, that guy's a footballer. The one size smaller 11. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. You know what? That's a great... <laughs> that needs muscle to be you know, Stadio listeners if you've got like a one size smaller 11 muscle fit football kits please please send those in shout out to Zambrotta you know Zambrotta would love that Zambrotta would be all Gianluca Zambrotta would be all over that one size smaller yeah so a beautiful penalty by Memphis Depay Penenka and floated it pretty much down the middle and Chesney knew <laughs> you, you saw the replay from the other side and he kind of was just like he didn't oh. even look at the ball anymore he was just like I've been done yeah, been done. by Depay and I'll never hear the end of it because some people like Pirlo would do the Penenka he'd mention it in one more interview and never again but Memphis Depay every 
He's going to DM Chesney about that. <laughs> no, no, no. What? Do you know what Depay's going to do? He's going to drop a new diss track on Instagram <laughs> with a video about that pen Penenka. Penenka. Yeah. <laughs> that is such... Like stepping off a private plane, just like a big fur coat with no shirt on underneath and just a massive chain and Depay's just like chipped it down the middle. Uh, 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 tra- it's a trap tune as well. Yeah. It'll be trapped. It'll definitely be trapped. <laughs> just loads of ad-libs. Middle, middle, middle. Chesney. <laughs> That's that is, such Depay's vibe. That is absolutely his vibe. And you knew the second he did it, you're like, here we go. Here we go. Chesney's already diving. He's going, fuck, mixtape. That's the, yes. <laughs> and this is the funny thing about Leon because they made it with the Champions League, but Depay has already won his trophy. That's the thing about it. Depay can give two shits about the Champions League now. He's done. It's done. It's done. Because well, if actually on a serious note though, I was really pleased with Depay because he had that horrible injury just before Christmas. Yeah. Weirdly, there are some teams who have had more luck than others with the enforced break because it has allowed them to get major injuries back. For Leon, someone like Depay, who was having a really, really great season took on loads of responsibility since being captain and it was really tragic actually having that injury at that time because it you know when you have players who move and they find they seem to find the right fit finally yes yes and then it kind of gets chopped down so to see him back fit and essentially knocking out Juventus do you know what's so good about Depay he is such a mid-2000s Leon player oh absolutely he's brought that era back you know when Leon was like that town was super cool, winning all those league titles and just like, you were like, I was like, why is everyone in Leon? Why are all those players there? Then I went there and I was like, that's why. Oh, you, you go to, you go Leon, to Leon, like, it's like Seville, man. Yeah. And so there's a reason why people stay at Leon for a long, 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 long time. Sleeper hit. Yeah, exactly. It's like, like he's almost at the air to like a Sydney Govu type vibe where... Let's just let that sit, that name for a little bit. Sydney Govu. For those who don't know, go on YouTube, Sydney Govu. Bayern Munich, and you'll see the two goals he scored against Bayern Munich for Lyon. And Oliver Kahn, he looked terrified at the beginning of the future. You know, when you see, you know, <laughs> there's a moment when every like goalkeeper sits on a rocking chair and looks out into the distance and thinks, I've seen something I haven't seen before. Like the first time Ronaldo went round the keeper. So yeah. are they doing this now? Or the first time Peter Schmeichel was lobbed or chipped. It's like, oh wow, this is like, this is how it's going to be. And when, it must be what it's like yeah. when if flying cars had actually arrived when everyone thought they would. Yes, Govu was the fly, yeah, <laughs> Govu was the flying car. And actually, Paul Oliver Kahn, he had a terrible time against Leon because Janino Pambicani used to beat him from distance as well. Mm. So whenever he had, a, he had a bit of a mare against French teams in general. French Oliver teams of distance. Listen, yeah, French teams of distance, and, and sometimes very up close in the yes. case of a certain <laughs> George Ware. Yeah. Oh my goodness, George Ware. George Ware went to town as well on them. Shout out to George. Big George, if you're listening, maybe not, but you're welcome to the podcast anytime. Let's switch to Juve. Well, I mean, it's been a hell of a few days for Juve. Yeah. Oh my goodness. We might have to put an R on this uh, or an E, whatever it is. I don't know, whatever the most adult rating is of a podcast, because we're about to go into extremely raunchy territory. <laughs> so Maurizio Sari was relieved of duty and replaced with Andrea Pirlo. Talk about hiring someone on looks. Yeah. But if you're going to hire anyone on look... Yeah, if you're going to go nuclear, go nuclear. Exactly, yeah. So let's talk about Sari. You think it was fair? Okay, I think it was fair, and I also have great sympathy for him. Mm. My personal view, and I said this to you before and to the other you know, people at the ringer, I said this like, Sari has had a lot of criticism the last two years, and some of it's been disgraceful, to be honest. 
I think it's been really disrespectful. The way he was treated at Chelsea by a particular segment of the support, I thought was really unfair. I do think that. Like, I agree. The guy won a Europa League, okay? He got, a, he got a strong finish in the league. And yes, okay, it was frustrating to play through Jorginho the whole time. But do you know what? Some people call that beautiful football. Some people call that the origins and the beginnings of a really great system. And if you give him the players to play his style of football, he's unbelievable. He's unbelievable. If you give him everyone that he wants and he's at Chelsea and then he's at Juventus and neither of those teams or squads are assembled to the specifications that he requires. And he didn't come out. He is one of football managers' underdogs. And sometimes I get a bit annoyed. Like I don't think, and they, they, I know that these individuals get lots of money. They get paid a lot. But here's the thing. They're paid a lot because they have a specialist skill that very few other people have. They're not paid a lot as compensation for all the abuse they get, right? Mm. And I just think that like, there was a chat, actually we were having a chat about like where he'd go next. I said, you know what? I hope he goes on the beach. I hope he just chills yeah. out for a year. I hope he doesn't take another job. I hope he goes away. And I hope he ends up somewhere like Betis because I think he would get a fluid attack to click. Does that yeah, make sense? I think, absolutely. I think the thing with Sari is that he's DIY. You know, there are some bands who, for example, will, will do two or three unbelievable albums on really small indie labels and then they'll jump to something big and they'll go and do it in a big studio and they'll have a bigger production and they'll maybe like get an orchestra involved and all this stuff and it just loses all the magic. It's like, yeah, yeah this is just bloated. Sari is someone who kind of like needs to do it in his home studio, if that makes sense. Yes, perfect sense. Like you were saying last week about the Zidane thing um, and Ramos at this level, it's not really about tactics. And Juventus, the Juventus dressing room falls very much into the category of the Real Madrid dressing room because their focus is the Champions League. They've not won the Champions League for 25 years. They've lost every final they've been in since. Is it five straight? Yeah. Five straight finals they've lost in the Champions League. They know that Serie A is kind of locked up pretty much for now. I understood why he took the job at the time, but straight away it was just like, this isn't going to last that long. Yeah. I mean, in all honesty, I'd love to see him at someone like Fiorentina or someone like that. That's like, yeah. that he can, that getting into the Europa League positions would be a massive, massive achievement for him. And just playing stunning football, football that everyone loves watching. Yeah, get yeah. everyone bought into an idea. And it's about like taking that core group of players, you know, almost like an Atalanta model, that kind of, let's turbocharge what we've got and make a real run at it. I think that, like I said, there's a certain tipping point with, with professional footballers that like the guys at the absolute elite, they know how good they are and they don't, and then a lot of the time they may not want to listen to ideas. Yeah. But if you're taking people who are perennially like mid table or flirting with relegation and you, and you te start telling them that they can go for Champions League, they may listen. Yeah. I think he's just a very specific manager. I think if you give him the job, you've got to give him the tools. And mm. if you don't give him the tools, if you don't give him the fluidity of attack and the right protection for his defensive midfield player, because that system has worked. He won't, Sarri's not the first time. I mean, we had a player called Pirlo who got protected by two DMs. Like mm -hmm. it was not, we had Gattuso and Sadov backing someone. So it's not, that style is not a new style. But you've got to give him the precise tools. Otherwise it's mm. not going to work well. So they've replaced him with Andrea Pirlo, who it's given, a, it's given us a problem, if I'm being honest, because, you know, we may have a contender for Thirstiest Manager Award now. I've worked through my pillow thirst though. Yeah, but not as a manager. That's true. This is a new era. Marcello Lippi is the most classically good looking football manager of the last, I would say, mm, 30 years. 
in terms of classically good look, in terms of a, like a guy that looked like a kind of, if you, pl- if you cast someone to play him, it would probably be some like a Paul Newman type character, late era Paul There was Newman. an era, and Lippy was part of this, and Bobby Robson was part of this as well, where men's hair would grey at a tone that it doesn't anymore. This is true. The Mancini thing as well. And I don't know what's going on. I don't know whether that's a climate change thing, or whether it's a TV thing, or whether it was actually a little bit artificial. You know, a hint of, a hint of blue. It was like a blue-grey. Like men in the 80s and 90s used to grey at like a bluey-grey thing. And now it's gone more silver and then it goes a little bit yellow. Like Wenger went through the whole arc, you know, and I find it really weird. Like, I don't know whether it's just me and it's biased and it's, and I'm completely incorrect, but I'd be interested to hear what people think about that because I don't think that people grey in the same way that they used to. I think it's great that we're bringing the silver fox back. That's a great shout. Do you know what's interesting as well about, about Pirlo? I get the impression that Parton has already picked out his outfits and I think he is dying to wear a scarf. He is 100% nailed on a suit manager. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, we may have to go in on some sartorial stuff on this at some point because this is, this is throwing a cat amongst the pigeons. It really has. Big and, time. And I mean, aside from the first, I mean, how can you be aside from the first? I generally have no idea what kind of job he'll do. Someone did uh, a, yeah, there was a kind of, someone posted a video of him talking to Canavar about tactics, I think. And he was basically like, Four three three attacking possession football, which you know, standard, fair enough. You can imagine that from him. But just because he's Pirlo, I think as a coach, as a coach, I think he'll be brilliant. Like in terms of training ground, because just in terms of like how to move, I think he'll be amazing at that stuff. I'm not sure how he'll be in terms of rotation and like the course of a season, but like individual match situations, I think he'll be like. I think he'll be incredible. I think like over the course of like a 90 minute, like he'll be like, okay, let's say we're playing X away from home and he'll be like game management. These are the three things to bear in mind if you're playing left back. These are three. I think he'll be absolutely amazing at that because he was absolutely amazing at that. Football managers who were organizing midfielders, either defensive midfielders or organizing midfielders, generally have a better chance than not of doing something quite interesting and exciting. So Zidane was a playmaker. He was an organiser. Guardiola, an organiser. Pirlo, an organiser. Rijkaard, an organiser. They've got a better chance than not of doing something quite exciting as managers. Mm-hmm. And I think that as a, on the coaching side of it, as an appointment, it really intrigues me because that Juve team is so well-resourced. They're good enough to win the league, even subpar. I just wonder over the course of a season. You might mm. find that Pillow's quite good at knockouts, actually, weirdly enough. You might find that he's been hired for, actually, you were brilliant in the late stages of the Champions League. You went all the way and you won this thing. I think that's exactly why he's been hired. I think if you look around Europe at the moment, Juve desperately wanted someone, I think, who had the Champions League chops. Yes. If you look at the elite managers who are available around Europe at the moment. They're all in jobs. A lot of people were saying on Twitter, hope Poch gets the job or something like that. And I honestly, I don't think that's the right job for him. And I know that we are semi-jokingly pushing the Poch to Dortmund thing, but where you land next, whilst your stock is so high, is so important to the long-term impact of your career. Yes. There was too much to lose at Juve, I think, for Poch. I agree with that. He hasn't won a trophy as a manager. No matter how good you are, 
Imagine if he comes out with a tactic that Cristiano Ronaldo disagrees with and Cristiano is just going to hold up however many, what's he won five now? Holds up yeah. five, just holds up five. That's such Cristiano energy. Five Champions Leagues, mate, how many of you won? It's easily shut down. Whereas Pirlo, whilst we have no idea what his capabilities are as a manager yet, he can sit there and be like, actually, Cristiano, I won a World Cup. Yes. This is what Clarence used to say to me. This is what Del Piero used to say. This is what Cannavaro used to do. It's actually the most alpha managerial appointment I've seen in years. Like in terms of what it is, in relation, it's an alpha appointment. In terms, when I say alpha, I mean like it's nothing other than the alpha male in charge of, this is what this is, because he doesn't have the coaching experience. He has incredible gravitas. He has an astonishing CV and he has an unbelievable aura. This is an alpha male aura. Like, but, in in a, but not in a, but not in an alpha. No, not, 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 but not in an alpha ma- energy. It's like, you can, you can imagine Pirlo, you can't really, I can imagine Pirlo not really raising his voice that much, but just standing there, hands in his pockets and being like, very much similar to, do you know what? Basically, I think this could be, and this is a massive guess because we don't know, this could be dreadful, right? Yeah. This could be Juve's Zidane moment. This is like, yeah, it could, it could be. This is it like Chris Wilkin in King of New York. Chris Walken, King of New York, has got everyone running around working for him and he doesn't have to shout or run around because he's the boss. In one sense, it makes no sense at all. And in another sense, it makes supreme sense. Another example of a, of a trend that's coming in. And maybe this is actually going to show how tactically astute a certain generation of football players were. Yes, that's interesting. That's interesting. Because they're now being fast-tracked into managerial jobs when they wouldn't have been a lot of midfielders as well, weirdly. But that's the, I mean, this is the thing that I've always said this, like when you have that heightened level of awareness as a player, you take them into coaching. It's why I say that Pirlo has a fighting chance of doing an outstanding job. Yeah, we just don't know. I mean, you can understand why. And yeah. obviously there is just, there's no data. Yeah, there's no data. <laughs> Basically. Exactly. Yeah, there's nothing. Um, we need to take a break. Let's do it. All right, we're back from the break and we're briefly going to go through the Saturday night games because out of the four, they were probably the least intriguing yeah, and least surprising. But let's start with Bayern. I mean, so Bayern, two goals from Lewandowski, Tolisso scored one on his return and Perisic and just the depth, the organisation, they blew Chelsea away. Lampard was criticised for some of his decision-making, but frankly, no one's really going to remember this that long afterwards because it's- Frankly, nice. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's just like the the Bayern juggernaut. They are the front runners for this tournament. Oh, different league, man. Different They're league. I mean, I'm, you know, yeah. it's been a really good season for Frank Lampard, I think. Yeah. I don't think they would have expected to go through against Bayern in the Champions League. Maybe they would have expected to keep the score down a little. I mean, that is a bit of a... I mean, uh, Yeah, maybe. But if you see what Bayern did to Spurs earlier on in the season... Absolutely. I just think for an aspirational team, I would want there to be severe disappointment with a 4-1 defeat. Just oh, because, I think there will just, be. just, yeah, of course, and that's the only thing I think. And I think that you know, to be fair to Chelsea and Lampard, they will be disappointed with the scoreline. But let's not detract from the brilliance of Bayern. It's so interesting. You look, there's, there's so many pictures. It's like Leon Goretzka's bulking up. Um, you know, he was a thin player a couple of years ago. And now he's absolutely ripped. But that actually speaks to, you know, the, it's almost it's almost like a metaphor for Bayern under Hansi Flick this year. Mm. You know, like. Start of the season was like skinny Goretzka. End of the season, they've hulked out. Yeah. And they're just a really beautifully balanced team. And the only, I think, redemption saving grace for Barca, we'll come into them in a sec, is that it's a single leg. A single leg against Bayern gives them a fighting chance 
two mm. legs against Bayern. No, I don't think you've, yeah, yeah, they'd be done. But back to Bayern, like, Cause, yeah, because two two nils become a four nil, and it's, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. They've got a great player that are actually waiting in the wings at Bayern, a guy called Cuisance. Mm. Um, I think he's twenty years old. He's brilliant, and they just have this unbelievable depth across the park. They look like they've got other gears to go through still, which I think is genuinely quite worrying. But maybe we'll we'll touch on that again when we do the preview. But let's quickly go to the Barca game again. Not hugely surprising. They made heavy going of it, considering it was such a a big aggregate scoreline. Barca are confusing me, man. I don't really know what else we can say about Barca. We did that thing a while ago about them. They started poorly and then ended up two goals to the good. They had the away goal, so that was a nice start for them. Almost conceded in the first like two minutes. Oh my god! I mean, that yeah, they, they got rattled, rattled oh, early. I would have been so interested to see what happens if that goes in. Yeah, this is the thing because. Barca play, they play slow and they had Ricky Pooch on the bench. They had Ansu Fati on the bench. Setien was just, look, the trauma of those knockouts that Barca have had obviously weighed heavy on Setien. Someone said yeah. to me, oh, Setien, like, he doesn't care. He's not trying. I said, no, he does, but I think he's afraid. Like, we underestimate the trauma of those those two comeback defeats, the Liverpool oh. and the Roma defeats, we underestimate the effect that had on Barca. A hundred percent. And I think and that that is why you saw that front three still out on the pitch looking absolutely knackered in the late, into the seventh, late, what, nearly in the 80th minute. Was it 80 minutes they made the first, cha- first change? 81? It was late, yeah. It was probably 80 something, yeah. It was unbelievable. So they had, they had those subs out there. They had those, um, the first team was out there for a long time without subs. Obviously, there was a certain thinking from Setien of like, this is the kind of group that's done it before, they'll do it again. Mm. Rakitic is there because he gives you big game experience. And we know for a fact that if Rakitic had not been played and Ricky Pooch had been played and they disintegrated, it would have been all on, why didn't you use the established heads? So Setien was damned if he did, damned if he didn't. Having said that, Rakitic's foul for the penalty, this is a guy that's been unfairly criticised for a lot of things at Barca. And fairly criticised for others. Vakadic for me is really a victim of squad rotation and recruitment because he shouldn't be getting as many minutes as he is at this point. It would be like playing Xavi in his last season and a half for 90 minutes, game in, game out. It's just not right. Mm. It's not Rakitic's fault. Having said that, if Barca had gone to half-time at 3-0, Messi could have not come out for the second half. And that foul was so needless. Mm. that penalty and it jeopardised Barca and it made all those players play another 45 and I looked at it and thought to myself a senior player shouldn't be doing that no and and he doesn't and this is again this is where the Barca it's like they're just a massive paradox Barcelona yeah Yeah, they are like you know what what could they have really done in that second or what could they have really done with on 60 minutes Artur Fast, yeah, yeah. Artur actually, like someone just to keep the ball and circulate the ball and Artur kind of and slow a it winger. down. Artur yeah, and a basically fast slow it down. Bring on Ansu Fati, Artur, yeah. De Jong, Rakitic in the middle of the park. Good night, and just play the game out. And I think that the Artur situation is a really damning one because I don't know whether it's on the player or I don't know whether it's on the club. To be honest, but still, the fact that you have a player ready to bin off the rest of the Champions League season in order to move to a club who have already been knocked out. Well, admittedly, they weren't knocked out when he made that decision, but still shows you how much he actually believes that they can win this Champions League. And Barca are so strange because they've gone through. They're through to the Champions League quarterfinal. You can already hear the potential defence. Do you know what though? Can I be honest with you? 
Barcelona don't know how good Messi is. They don't know because Barcelona after Messi are going to struggle like Manchester United after Sir Alex Ferguson. Oh, 100%. And they don't know. They don't know because it's not just the goals coming from nowhere. It's the aura. Let's take another quick break and then we'll come back with a look ahead to the quarterfinals. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. You might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong, but these are the words you really need to remember. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. All right, back from the break. Let's look ahead to the quarterfinals, Musa Kwonger. Kwonger. Let's do it, Ranhan. <laughs> okay, so on Wednesday, Wednesday the 12th, right? Yeah, Wednesday, Atalanta versus PSG. Probably Tasty. the one that I am looking forward to the most. Leading to Atalanta on that. Oh, are you? Yeah, because of PSG's absentees. Yeah, true. They're missing big guns for a one-off game. They're missing big guns. So you think Atalanta are going to do them? I think they will because the absence of Ilicic has been absorbed really well and they've been rested now. Like Atlanta tailed off end of the season. Yeah, they needed a break. Huh? They'll have their mojo back now. Mm. And in a one-off, in a, in a shootout, I fancy them. I've got to say, Papu Gomez has emerged as the key person in that team now. An injury to him would be crucial, but Atlanta have got depth and they've got like, and they've got their fire back now. I reckon they're, mm. they're going to be the ones to do it. I think they will. Oof. Just because they're missing, like PSG are missing, I think missing Verratti. They're missing, I think, Mbappe. They might, Mbappe might be back, but they, they had some injuries recently, PSG. They're hopeful that Mbappe may be able to play. He's been training. Yeah. Verratti looks less likely. And do you know who else is injured? No. Thomas bloody Tuchel. <laughs> so I shouldn't laugh. Sorry, I'm not laughing. He's broke his foot. I mean, I think they'll be able to sustain that injury. Um. And what's he going to do when he gets angry now? He's going to be limping around. He's going to have a protective boot on. Yeah, that's, not, that's not ideal. Yeah, I mean, to be honest, I'm. Oh, are we going to do. All right, let's go for Atalanta. I'm with you. I just think in a one off, in a straight shootout, the way that they start games and they can put a whirlwind on you. Mm. And PSG haven't played a team like that. I mean, the thing with Atalanta is that the only, con- the only caution, as well as two cautions, the back line is rickety. We've seen that. Um, and PSG have firepower that matches up well against it. Having said that... But, sorry to jump in, I think that Atalanta's front four, let's say, yeah. is a problem for PSG's back four. They haven't seen a thing like that. They haven't... Look, yeah. they're, 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 that, I know they're ready with that smoke. Mm. I thought, let's go with Atalanta then. Yeah. So RB Leipzig, Atleti. I think RB Leipzig started to look tired towards the end of the season. Timo Werner's gone Vern. now. Yeah, yeah. I think it's Atleti, right? That's like a boa constrictor. Mm. Atleti, yeah. With the uh, ever-emerging towards the dark side, Jao Felix. Yes. I was re-watching those... Um, Jordi Felix. I was re-watching that uh, Liverpool-Atleti tie, the second leg. Very few other young attacking midfielders could have done what he did in that. Mm. The amount that he did without the ball. Mm. Like, when he went off, he was just absolutely shattered when he went off. That was... Uh, that. That performance in that kit in that stadium at that time felt so like end of the dynasty thing about it. It was weird. It was like watching a 
Star Wars movie. It was so iconic. Do you know what it was? It could have been played. That tie was simultaneously incredibly modern and incredibly classic. It mm. could have come out of the 1970s. Yeah, it was so thrilling. It was so brave to go into the cauldron and do that. And the kit as well. Like watching them come out yeah, again. The and that, the, the kit. Oh. You know what, Ryan, you know what? They knew. They knew. Yeah. The designer, you know, here's the thing. The designers at Letty were like, they're wearing that today. They're like, we're, wear, we're designing this because it's basically a kit version of Cholo's like touchline get up. Yeah, it's the Republic. It, you know what? They embodied, that's a brilliant shout. Yeah. Actually, <laughs> I've never seen a team embody a manager <laughs> quite so much as Atleti that night. That is one of my favourite games of football because, you know what, it was so honourable because it was like Liverpool did not give that up lightly. And yeah. it was such an honourable defeat. It was, it's like, if you're going to like go out as the best team in Europe, that's how you lose. Mm. You don't get drilled. Like, you know, when, when Real got beaten by Ajax, it was like, they got eviscerated. They didn't. Atleti basically went toe to toe. It was like, it was like Ali and Frazier. Well, it's like two different ideals coming together. So it's an actual, not a good and evil thing because that's too obvious, but very different contrasting styles of football. One coming from a place of weakness, actually, weirdly. I think Atleti were coming from a place of weakness. Yeah. You know, victory and weakness, weirdly. I think that's the thing. Whereas if you think, if you think the, the Real Madrid Ajax stuff, they basically got done how they wanted to do others. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know I mean, and that's worse. I think that's a lot worse. It I think when you, get, when you get played off the park like that. So we're going Atletis. According to the official Stadio predictions, because I know you love things being official, Musa. Yeah, exactly. Atalanta versus Atletico Madrid in the semi-final for one semi-final. Wow. <sighs> I refuse to call that. No, I'm not calling that. Um, Man City. Uh, well, first of all, it's Barcelona, Bayern. The heart would love Messi to go... Super Saiyan, and he probably will, but Bayern just have too many. They're brutal. The major thing that is going to affect this game is mentality, I think. Bayern can have a tendency to freeze at this stage of the Champions League. Can I have, can I have a bit of a... Let me throw this in. Messi needs to make an intervention. Mm. He shouldn't. I don't want him to. It's not fair. But Messi base needs to be like, this is the 2014 World Cup. It's straight knockout. We've got a set. We don't have a second leg. This is straight knockout. So we go for their neck. We go at them and we're like, we have Frankie here. We have Busquets here. Someone needs to talk. Someone needs to go to set and say, listen, we're behind you. And we know the situation is unusual. It's one leg instead of two. And this is new territory for all of us. But let's really just sit down and be like honest about where the goals are going to come from. And let's surprise them. It's, I mean, almost it needs a kind of like a siege mentality, but it needs senior players in that squad to be like, look, this is actually a chance for the best smash and grab Champions League victory. This is this, if it's this or the next four years, we're not going to come anywhere near to this. It's now or we're, not, we're winning nothing until 2025, 26 in the Champions League. Yeah. It has to be, do you know what I mean? Right, it's got to be that. Because then... If you come with that mentality of we're just going to raid them and just pull a bank job, we're going to get two goals on these guys in the first half hour and then just sit on it and manage the game. I think Barca can do it. I think they can do yeah. it. I think the difference this time, I think if Bayern shut down Messi, I think they're good. Which sounds right. so obvious and easy, but it's just... In 2015, it wasn't the case. In 2015, no, they had no, no, three no, centre-backs no. trying, to, trying yeah. to mark Messi, Neymar and... and Peak Suarez. Yeah. And he had, yeah, five years. Suarez, who was five years younger. Messi was five years younger. Neymar, who was five years younger. You know, and plus dangerous. a midfield. Yeah. That midfield 
Still the best front three I've ever seen. Yeah. The best front three. To be honest, the best front six I think I've ever seen. That's actually, un- yeah, that's unquestionable, I think. I think or that, yeah, that, that the yeah. best front 10, if you want to go there. If we're going to do it, yeah. Yeah. My head says Bayern here because I just think Bayern are too deep and too strong. Yes. If it was two legs, 100% I'd say Bayern. 100% I wouldn't think about it. The fact that it's one brings in an element of doubt for me because if we go, if Messi goes supersonic. And we've never seen a Leo Messi this desperate. Yeah. Depth can't save you yeah. from Messi. Yeah. It Messi just, happens. Yeah. Yeah. I was thinking, the other day I was watching Lord of the Rings and I was thinking to myself, Messi wouldn't need a fellowship. No. One hobbit, one ring. I thought you were going to go all funkadelic then. One hobbit under a groove. Every, everyone agrees the fellowship. One hobbit under a groove. No <laughs> I think Messi is like, Messi is so brilliant that watching Lord of the Rings, apologize, apologize briefly for reference. It's like they agreed the fellowship. We're all going to take this ring to Mordor. The next morning they wake up, Messi's bed is empty. He's gone and he's halfway up Mount Doom. Mm. Oh, sorry, lads. You know what? I just figured I just kind of, yeah, just did it myself really. I, I honestly think he's that guy. He's the one person. We saw against Napoli though, didn't we? Like that goal was basically a complete, again, the word microcosm of late era Messi. He gets the ball out on the right flank and it's actually very interesting. It's similar to his goal against Malaga when he cuts it off the flank and, you know, goes at the near post. He's on the, fl- he's on the flank and it's like almost you throw back to Messi 15 years ago at the beginning of his career. It was almost like, oh my God, Messi's been here before. He's been here 15 years before, 10 years before. Mm. And he's still out on the right flank with three defenders watching him. That finish and they is don't, amazing as well. And they don't stand a chance. Mm. And it's funny because late era Messi, he's not as quick, but he's just still as, he's it. even more efficient. You can always tell when Messi knows that he's done something that he shouldn't have done through celebration. Like the celebration for the goal against Napoli, when he's like slipping over. Yeah he knew that that probably shouldn't have gone in. He knew that he probably shouldn't have done that. Yeah, I think he has a, he can tell when he's done something that's like supernatural, I think. Yes, yes, um, absolutely. And you can, you can tell it in his reaction a lot of the time. But anyway, we need to make a call on this. Yeah. We need to make okay. a call on this. So, Okay, it's fine. I, I want I to be, here's fine, a, right? fine. I want to be wrong and mm. I'm happy to be criticised on Twitter for all the things I've said. Um, I want to be wrong, but I think it's fine. Man City, Leon? Do you know what? <laughs> this is you not. You can't see this, listeners, but Musa just did his version of the Ancelotti eyebrow. This will be. Oh, Man no. City will win this, but they'll win it because Guardiola understands just how dangerous Leon are. Yeah, this is a street. So, I think this is going to be a street fight. City will win it, but only because Guardiola does not underestimate Leon. Like, it didn't surprise me that Leon beat Juventus, actually. I'm not going to mm. lie. Like, having seen him in the first leg didn't surprise me. But I think City will win this and Guardiola will come out at the end and be like, everyone was like, oh, easy tie, easy tie. He's like, no, Leon had this player, this player. I respect them so much. They're brilliantly coached. And you need, Guardiola will come out with a lecture for the rest of Europe about how we need to respect Leon. Mm. Do you know what I mean? He'll come out with something like that. He'll be like, look, like it's a quarterfinal. Yeah. There's part of me that thinks that Pep really loves Rudy Garcia. Yeah. I love Rudy Garcia. I mean, who do, yeah, a lot of people yeah. love, but that's something like, you know, Pep just has his guys. Yeah, yeah. All right, so we're going Man City. Yeah. Oh, I don't want to. I don't want to predict the rest of it because it's hurt. My no, head I don't dare. I don't dare. I don't dare. It is um, the best Champions League draw I've seen in years. Yeah. Well, according to us, one of Atletico Madrid or Atalanta is going to be in the final. So can't wait for that take to last two days before it's probably wrong. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, should we get out of here? Yes, sir. Uh, we hope everyone's doing all right. 
staying hydrated, staying safe and well, looking yeah. out for each other. We're playing out this week on uh, we're playing out this week on Garland Jeffries and Dennis Bovell escape goat dub. This one's going out to Mitch Osari for escaping. It's also going out to Messi, who might have to be Barcelona's escape goat this week. Well, yeah, yeah, exactly. He is the goat, that's for sure. He is the goat. Anything to add, Musokwanga? Let's cheese this up before we go. No, I'll just say, uh, look, this is a bit dramatic, but this is a public health announcement. In Berlin, the temperature jumped from like 30 degrees to 36, which is a big jump. And I'm like, are people actually hydrating at the same rate they were like a week ago? So please, I don't think you need to worry. Please stay hydrated. Like it's really important and have your salts. That's the uncle, uncle Okwanga. Listen, uncle Musa occasionally will make these recommendations. So yeah, uncle Musa says, uncle Musa says, stay hydrated. <laughs> See you later, everyone. See you. Take care.